Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Hell World. I am Mike Rains, aka Poker and Politics, and I am joined as always by the mysterious L. What's popping, my beautiful babies? And uh, Sarge is off on an undercover mission funded by George Soros. So this week, replacing him is Karma. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> don't be don't be nervous, Karma. We're not that scary. You're, no, the, not. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, so uh, this week with Karma on the show, we were going to be uh, talking about uh, what's happening in Australia, her homeland, which is apparently uh, but a piece on the chessboard of the battle between the Patriots and the Deep State. And unfortunately, according to QAnon, uh, that piece has been sacrificed. Uh, but before we get too deep into what's going on in Australia, we have to let you know that QAnon leads to some bad stuff. So here's a content warning. Content warning. The Adventures in Hellworld podcast talks in depth about QAnon, which means we have to talk about all kinds of child abuse and violence against people. Listener discretion advised. So uh, you ju- you guys just got out of the lockdown, is according to all the news that I'm seeing. So what what was that like, and how long was the lockdown? Um, so this year's lockdown actually went for I believe 112 days or 111 days, actually 111 days. Um, all up, we were in lockdown from the start of COVID to now, 262 days. And what exactly entailed lockdown? Like, what were you allowed to do and what were you not allowed to do? Um, we had five reasons to leave home. Um, (laughs) not many at all. Um, so it was basically, um, caring, um, if you had to care for somebody, um, if you're an essential worker. Um, shopping, 
um, exercise. You were allowed to exercise for like an hour. Um, so we were very limited and we also had curfew as well. Oh my God. Cause like, I remember we, we had a lockdown like that in America for like a month and oh my God, you, you have never met a bigger bunch of babies than <laughs> Americans in lockdown. Oh, the, the pouting. Oh, the plight. Oh, I can't get my hair done. Do you have any idea the pain and oppression that I feel as an American not a- being able to see my professional hairstylist? Oh, the idea of a nearly a year long lockdown with that kind of restrictions. Um, like, I can't even comprehend that. So, like, I, that had to be on some level pretty maddening. If, uh, see, it didn't really bother me too much, but I know it, I got to work from home, so nothing really changed for me. Um, but other people, obviously businesses were suffering, um, and a lot of businesses have closed down here. They'll never open again. Um, and even, I think it's as of today, um, even... It's only just retail stores starting to open now. And even then, it's only like 10 patrons inside. Um, So it's still, we're still not fully, you know, just, yeah, go do whatever you want. It's not like that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's still pretty uh, not not great. No. So uh, I have a a follow-up question. Uh, So... Uh, I just don't know very much about how Australia has been hand- handling the, the, the COVID uh, epidemic or pandemic or whatever. Uh, how How is sort of like the, you know, in America, we've got this, this dreadful surge of anti-vax, anti-mask people. Is that is that also plaguing in Australia and, and to what extent? So um, we've had quite a few big protests. Um, they've sort of built over time. Um, they're not just um, anti-vax. <laughs> You've got a mixture of everything pretty much um, with the protests. Um, you've got, obviously, you've got businesses and then you've got your conspiracy, anti-vax. They're all just sort of merged all into one at the moment um, and they've been holding them pretty regular. Um, we had one, uh, would have been in about, just under a month ago, I think, where they took over one of our biggest bridges um, in Melbourne. Um, and when I say took over, they actually were jumping on people's cars. Um, it was pretty horrendous the way they were carrying on. They were pulling people out of cars and stuff, um, which didn't do them any favours, really. Um, it made a lot of people just look at them like, well, what a bunch of dickheads. Um, and, and you know that chalk up a win for the in the column for the good guys because you know if, you, if at the end of your rallies or protests the end result is uh, the population at large looking at you just being like what a bunch of dickheads well, <laughs> I feel like that's, yeah, I that's mean, pretty good for us I mean like from the stories I heard you know there were people in those cars that had kids in the car and stuff and they were watching all that you know the, they weren't just marching they were drinking as they were doing it so they were pretty much out of control um, and they were playing cat and mouse with the police. And the police didn't want to go onto the bridge because they didn't want to cause accidents or have them do anything stupid with the cars on the bridge. So it was like a big full day of cat and mouse with the police. 
I remember seeing a uh, a protest uh, somewhere in Australia. I hope I'm right about this, but like the protesters actually like broke the police line and were like running through yeah. it, and it was just like, "What is the goal of running through this police line? What is on the other side, you dumb dumbs? Why did you why did you break that police line? Did you like think you were like scoring a goal in soccer or something? Like we did it, we made it past the police. Now we can run across this field. They Yay. were just playing Blue Rover." Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure that was the same day. So it was here in Melbourne, but I'm pretty sure that was the same day. They, they just, uh, I've never seen anything like it here. Ever. Yeah. Um, and the bridge that they actually went over actually collapsed many, many, many years ago. So, and a lot of people died on that bridge. You know, so a lot of people were not happy with what oh. they did and the way they did it. And on top of that, they they tend to, head to our memorial as well and protest there because they know the police won't sort of go across that line and they'll stand there and sort of, you know, hey, yeah, come on. <laughs> get, get away from the memorial, guys. This is kind of sacrilegious. So what, what is the memorial about? Um, so it's basically the Anzacs um, that went to war and stuff. So, But they, they just tend, like, they've even turned around and sort of had a go at the protesters this time as well. Because they had a standoff with the police there for, oh, I don't know, three or four hours. They just wouldn't move because they were too scared to move because they knew what would happen once they got off. <laughs> right, right, right. They're like, oh, I, I've put myself in this quote-unquote safe zone, but the moment I leave it, I now enter the arrest zone. Yeah, so well, I really don't want to leave the safe zone. And because obviously it's got to a point now where the police are using, you know, projectiles and different sort of tactics and then it's all cry me a river because oh, I've been hit and I got hurt and, you know, and you just sort of like, tough luck. You, you, you went out there, dude. Like, oh, I've got no sympathy for him. I've got none. Uh, it, it really it makes me laugh so much just listening to a person from like a civilized country being like, well, the police were escalating their levels of non-lethal violence to even this level of non-lethal <laughs> violence. Whereas here in America, it's like if a cop sees you and they don't like you, you're just dead. They just kill you. Yeah, they'll, they'll, like, shoot, they'll shoot you twice in the chest and then ask you to put your hands up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, the way that the Aussies were acting, they were acting like that, though, that that's what's happened to them. Oh, my God. You know? <laughs> I just got I got hit with something, you know, and oh, oh my god, I'm dead. You know, I got hit with I got hit with a beanbag round, and nobody knows my plight. It's like try coming to America and see how long it takes for a police officer to use more than a beanbag round on you. <laughs> like, yeah, we our 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 police force in America is just literally armed. Uh, just a, just an, an occupying army that is terrified of this of the people around it. And thus responds with deadly force in almost any situation. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if any brown people are involved. Oh boy, you better believe the deadly force is like (laughs) deadly force is the only force if any people if any people involved are brown. It's just like, oh, non whites are here, just lock and load. Yeah, make sure, make sure you got one chambered up for for this incident, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Trespassing. Blam! It's over. Yeah. Trespass again. Oh, I mean, like, it, 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 honestly, I mean, we we are almost numb to it. But if you watch the videos yeah. of uh, of like Tamir Rice or John Crawford getting shot, it's literally a cop just rolling up on them, and immediately the moment they have like line of sight on the guy, they just shoot him. They just shoot them, and it's just so 
I mean, I, I, outside of America, that has to look so horrifying. And, and you have to have this image of our country as just this absolute nightmare hellscape where the police are allowed to do these things, then they don't get charged for a crime for doing them. It's mind-blowing. So, uh, but anyhow... Nonviolence just in general. Uh, like, so uh, th- this is the part, this is the segment of the show where I reveal uh, something embarrassing and sad about myself. It, you know, it comes up every once in a while. But, so I'm scrolling through my news feed, th- th- like the other day, just g- getting caught up on news of the world and news from my country or whatever, and I see that that, that uh, the, the Boise Mall shooting or whatever was happening. And so I saw the headline and it said that two people were killed in a mall shooting. And I didn't even bother to read the story because it was only two people. And then like I, I, I scrolled past it. It just immediately felt incredibly guilty that I was just like, ah, oh, two people doesn't even register. Two people died in a horrible shooting. That's not enough to get my views. It's fucking madness. Our country is horrible. <laughs> Yeah. And speaking of the whole gun thing, this uh, is a segue back to Australia. Uh, We have been endlessly told by QAnon that all of this happened to your homeland karma only because you good people don't have guns. And if the citizens of Australia were only armed to the teeth, you wouldn't have been locked down. I think I I read that so often and it's just like, we were never like that. Even when we had guns, it didn't make a difference. We we weren't like America with our guns. It, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but but weren't the gun control laws a little more lax in Australia before you guys had like one big tragedy and then everybody just sort of got together and just like, guns are the worst. Yeah, like we didn't, I mean, we still, uh, we had shootings, but it wasn't anything, you know, there, there's no comparison whatsoever <laughs> to America. <laughs> Um, but we're like, I mean, we're pretty free with them and stuff. And I mean, we still, people still have guns here, um, for certain things. Um, but yeah, it's the main thing I read everywhere. It's just like, you know, you know, it's all your fault. You gave away your guns. You know, if you didn't give away your guns, you could have, you know, taken back your country. And, and I've even said it to him a few times. You have guns. I don't see you doing anything with yours. <laughs> like, and it, I just don't get it. Like. We, we never had guns the way they're making out. Like, even if we did have guns, it would have changed anything. Oh, everyone just likes to talk tough about guns and how they would, how the gun is this great equalizer against uh, government power. But then you smash cut to the 1-6 protests and the riot in the Capitol. And after the fact, after it was all said and done, so many of those people were packing, but they didn't draw their guns because they knew that if they did draw their guns, that they, they, they would get into a firefight with Capitol Police, and that would probably go bad for them. Yeah. And uh, and and it's 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 just this whole thing where they want to have the threat of an armed populace, like the people will one day take their guns and rise up, <laughs> but they don't actually want to do it because they know that the vast majority of people don't want to get shot. And the idea of like fucking with cops or fucking with the army, that's, that's how you get shot. So it's like, yeah, no, we've talked about this on the podcast several times. Like they're, they know in their heart of hearts, what escalating to that level of violence is. And you know, it, like when, if you pull a gun, the army pulls a drone that's the Chicago way. Like th- th- there's no coming back from that. Like once you've escalated the, like if you storm the Capitol with batons and bear mace and stuff, you'll get out of there and maybe get arrested and do some time. Uh, if you go and try to march on the Capitol 
and you draw and start firing weapons, then like it's going to be a bloodbath and probably not in your favor. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, that's that's the thing. Uh I saw a um I saw this uh, video clip. I don't, Karma may have seen it too. It was, it was out yesterday and today, I think, where some random Jamoke was at a Turning Point USA rally and he just like asked Charlie Kirk like point blank. He's like, how many elections do we have to let these people steal before we start grabbing our guns and killing them? And Charlie Kirk's response was, don't do that because it won't work. But his, <laughs> his response was not killing is wrong. His response was killing is ineffective, which was kind of horrifying. But like that's, that's where they want people to be in, with this headspace, where they're at this mentality of um, our enemies are bad. And at some point, we, the armed resistance, are going to have to start shooting them. But not today, because I don't want them to return fire, because that is scary and bad and will probably get me killed. Well, before we uh, before we segue into the headlines, we, we sort of uh, we, we sort of just skipped past it because we were so excited to talk about the lockdowns. Um, but just for our listeners who uh, who may not sort of know what Karma's deal is, uh, Karma, do you want to tell everybody like what your deal is? We, we've we've recommended your Twitter feed several times on the show before because it's great. But uh, but sort of like, what's your what's your bag? Like like, how did you get into this Q stuff? Um, so uh, March last year, I had a friend who fell into the whole Q movement, um, and I had no idea what it was. Um, so I basically went looking. I guess start started digging. I found Would you say that you started to do your own research? No, I use the term digging. <laughs> <laughs> like specifically, no, I will not fucking say that. I went digging. <laughs> I went digging. There's a difference. I made yeah. sure I did not say research. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, and I mean, I tried to sort of debunk some of the things very early on and he doubled down on pretty much everything and within, I don't know, it was probably weeks to a month, he went and got tattoos with where we go one, we go all, Q. Um, and I somehow found poker. Um, and I think I did your head in. <laughs> <laughs> For quite some time, it was asking you questions. Um, yeah, and I mean, I tried every tactic I could to try to get him out. Um, the only time I actually had any luck with him was when all his social media accounts were banned for 30 days. He seemed to be a lot more responsive um, to that, but... As soon as he got them back, it was see you later. <laughs> oh yeah, that's like that's one of the biggest things about this stuff is that you need that constant reinforcement of the narrative and the doctrine, and getting people away from that is one of the ways to drain that poison out of them and try to get them back to reality. But it's the that, the lockdown was so devastating for that because you couldn't get away from your computer, you couldn't. Yeah. 
leave uh, the basically like that you couldn't leave your church because that's basically what the internet was for these people. It's their place to congregate and talk about these conspiracies and live this life. And you had because. Uh, Right, because because QAnon got big before COVID, and I would have people ask me like, "What what do I do?" And I would tell them, "Go camping with that person for a week, like get them off the internet, like sh- just get this stuff away from them as best you could." And then COVID hit, and I was like, "Well, that whole idea of taking them camping or getting them away from civilization's gone, so we're fucked." I mean, it was just, it was just so depressing that that happened. So. Uh, this fr- so the friend of yours is now is still like totally red pilled and they're and um, so I pretty much I think when was it so he, he was all you know oh Trump won you know it was rigged and um he's gonna you know be back in in January and I said and what if he what if he isn't and he said I'll stop um January came nope. He just doubled down again and went, no, he won, he won, he won. Um, and I obviously tried a bit longer, didn't work. My last thing that I actually did was send him a clip of the very last part of Cullen's HBO documentary and went, there you go. Um, I never got a response, but I've never heard from him again. Uh, and but I do know that he's still into a mix of Q, but sort of moved over a lot to the COVID conspiracies as well. Yeah, well, that's because that's because QAnon will will take all comers when uh, when it comes to conspiracy theory nonsense. Uh, if if Trump if Trump winning the election secretly is not trending well enough, then they'll just move along to whatever conspiracy theory is. And right mm-hmm. now, that COVID nineteen is hot, hot, hot. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what it's all about is just keeping the paranoia and keeping the mindset going strong, no matter what, whatever the topic of the day is, have a hot conspiratorial take on that theory on that thing. So that's that's how they operate. That's what they that's what they do. Yeah, and, QAnon is J. Jonah Jameson. And whatever the hottest conspiracy theory of the day is, is pictures of Spider-Man. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, joking aside, it, it it does it does suck that you had to lose a friend uh, to the the QAnon movement to to be to to like get engaged with any of this stuff. But it is nice to have you like you know fight fighting on Twitter on the on like the the digital front lines against the digital soldiers. Uh, <laughs> but but really, just out there trying to like you know spread spread the the actual message of just like hey like. Like all this stuff is nonsense. Like you just just read read this stuff. Like usually, I use your your Twitter feed as a way to aggregate like dumb QAnon stuff for me to peruse through. And I'm just constantly scratching my head that anyone could read what they're actually putting out there or listen to their speeches at, at, at places like the Double Down and all that stuff. And not just like to me, it's so plainly apparent that it's just dumb nonsense but i'm just like oh my god like to some to some small percentage of people in the world this reads as truth and that is terrifying to me yeah so it's yeah. nice to have somebody out there collecting all that stuff for me so i don't have to sift through it myself because ain't nobody got time for that i think that's one of the biggest things like obviously you know telegrams are not a very nice place at the best of times. And I do get a lot of comments saying, you know, that they're glad that I actually go over there rather than them. So I don't mind. 
I mean, yeah, I, it's, I it's, it's brilliant work. It's like genuinely incredibly helpful to to myself. Uh, Sarge, I know, has expressed um, his appreciation for what you do. I'm sure uh, Mike is right there with us. So, uh, you know, <laughs> on, on behalf of everyone involved in the uh, Adventures of Hell World podcast, we really think that uh, what you're doing on Twitter is useful and helpful. So yeah, we, we are glad to have you, even if the circumstances that got you here were unfortunate. Thank you. Yeah, and I was uh, I was super thrilled that you were able to uh, cover the Patriot Double Down because uh, my day job is designed to keep me like just trapped away from the world on weekends, which is usually when these wacky conventions and all sorts of other nonsense happen. So I think it's time to get into the Patriot Double Down. So it's time to talk about cues in the news. From the digital headlines to the digital front lines, it's cues in the news. So uh, we had the Patriot double down and um, there's so much uh, nonsense that happened here. Uh, I think we'll tackle kind of like the most important thing first, which is that we had a bunch of people uh, running for secretary of state in different uh, states in America uh, come out on the stage and talk about how they were totally cool with what was going on in QAnon. I mean, not those words, but it's obvious because they're at the Patriot Double Down. And uh, 107, who we're going to be talking about a lot here, was uh, basically implicating that this is part of QAnon's like bold agenda. Their big strategy is to have people that believe in this bullshit win elections as secretaries of state in various states so that when elections happen in those states and the wrong person wins, you have a secretary of state who'll be like, nope, they didn't win. Fraud, stolen election, rigged, whatever. And they just are going to try to throw that election in the trash and literally deny the people of that state their right to vote. So here's a question about that strategy. It certainly sounds terrible, but right? But if the strategy is to elect, like, Q believers to the position of attorney general so that when it, or whatever, so that way when it comes to these voting processes, they can throw those out just being like, voter fraud, like, it was rigged. Like, doesn't it fall on the people in power? Or like, like, at that point, doesn't the question be like, well, how is there such rampant voter fraud under your watch? <laughs> like, you have your hand on the wheel how are you allowing so much voter fraud to happen in your state? I don't think they actually want to uh, like explain these things. They want the voter fraud to be just this nebulous, monstrous, unstoppable force that they have no control over. All they can do after the fact is point it out and like make vague noises about maybe next time we'll be able to stop it. But they don't actually want to um, like explain how they're going to proactively prevent it. They only want to um, throw the election in the trash after the voter fraud that they allowed to happen under their watch happened. So um, karma, what that was day three of the, of the roundup when those people were all on the stage. Cause I know Fincham yeah. was up there. Who were the other secretaries of state that were people um, running for it? They were. Uh, sorry. I, I had them all written down, but they're right down the bottom and I was at the top of the page. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> um, so in the last, on the last day there were, so Wendy was obviously there. Um, Wendy Rogers, resident QAnon nut for those not totally on the ball of these things. 
w- Wendy Thomas, Burger Heiress. <laughs> yes. You see her whenever you order your Baconator. So it was Wendy, Mark, Vinchman, is it? Yeah, that's Vinchman. That's the Arizona guy. Yep. Um, Sonny Borelli. Oh, yep. Arizona state guy, yes. And now I don't know how to say this one's last name. Leo by something or other. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> oh, just 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 butcher it. We don't. We're, we're bad with these here. Suki or something like that. Oh yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Yes. So yeah, the the, the best part is that we're not journalists. We're just uh, <laughs> idiots on the internet. So uh, like, no one comes to our podcast expecting us to get people's names right, or hopefully even to really get information correct. I mean, we try, <laughs> but we're, we are we are not journalists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So they were some of them. They, I think there was also. Yeah, I, I'm seeing that like uh, Arizona, Nevada, Michigan, Georgia, and, and California, which uh, had people that were running for secretary of state in those states. I'm sure that guy in California Rachel? is going to. There was a Rachel Ham. Yeah, that's one of them. Uh, but uh, I, I'm sure the person in California is going to do great. They're they're going to they're really going to make it. So I mean like. So what the hell were all of these people doing at the Double Down? Were they just there to like, you know, do a little dance on the stage and just be like, hey, QAnon believers, we're in your corner. We also think that Trump somehow won that election from a year ago. Well, they were, I mean, their main thing, talking point was the election fraud. Um, Sorry, were you going to say something? No, the floor is yours, Karma. Thanks. Um, (laughs) I mean, that was their main talking point. I mean, there was a lot of, um, I don't know, I I honestly think Wendy is pilled. Um, Oh, there's there's no doubt Wendy is pilled. I I just found it. uh, Rachel Hamm is actually the person running for uh, Secretary of State in California. So she's the the one running for office to get a blue check mark from Twitter and to pretend that she's doing anything because – Ain't going to happen, but uh, Fincham is running in Arizona, which is, like, super scary. So, I mean, and and, and also someone running in Michigan is super scary because that's another state that was not really that close, but Trump did win it in 2016, so it's a possibility. So, like, these people trying to get worm their way into the halls of power in states that could actually matter during these elections is not great. But um, what I was also going to mention is that David Byrne, our boy from Overstock, uh, him and Mike Lindell are uh, people that are also like funding this operation. So it's like you've got the whole rogues gallery of QAnon sugar daddies out there uh, working on this plan to effectively try to destroy American democracy. Because if uh, if these people get what they want, um, we're going to be in a situation where we're going to have a vote and then they're going to say, no, you didn't have a vote. Uh, you can go fuck right off, which is really antithetical to everything where this country is supposed to stand for. And yet QAnon doesn't care because as long as they win, they're happy. And when they lose, they're sad. And the only way they can lose is if they were cheated because everyone loves them, even though everyone hates them. I mean, the silver lining is that clearly culturally, like and you know in terms of our our gen like the overall political leanings of the country clearly 
the the left is doing something right uh because you know they they wouldn't have to be fighting and scrambling so hard to undermine democracy if there was a chance that they could just win clean like if if they could just put up a candidate and just win an election clean because their platforms were good we we wouldn't need any of this horse shit right like so it means that it means that like the silver lining to all of the terrible shit happening in our country right now and the rippling effect it's having on the rest of the world is that you know, it's sort of bearing out what you and I have been saying for years and years now, where it's just like over time, everything gets more liberal and more progressive. And these like old fuck conservatives are just going to keep dying off. And that base is eventually going to continue and continue to erode to the point where like at this point, the people that are still alive are like backed into a corner. They're just like, okay, winning is impossible. How do we cheat? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, uh- I did want to ask Karma a quick question here about like quote unquote liberalism versus conservatism. How funny is it to you that Scott Morrison, who is like a crazy conservative and was a massive Trump bootlicker, uh, is like just universally hated by QAnon and all these conspiracy theorists as a deep state lapdog when he is the right wing candidate in your country? Well, if you with with all our um, QAnon people, they pretty much believe that everybody in our government, doesn't matter who, is part of the deep state, pedophile, Freemasons. Like, I don't think there is one that they like in our government at all. Wow, I haven't heard any any Freemason uh, panic in a while. Well, I thought oh. that the Freemasons were played out. Are they still a thing in Australia? Oh, in Australia, Yes. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. I, it, it was funny. Like, literally, th- this genuinely happened. This isn't just a bit for the podcast. Like, last week or the week before, while driving around in my town, uh, I was, like, parked park behind or, like, waiting in a light behind a car in front of me. And they had a Freemason sticker on the back of their car. <laughs> and I was just like, huh, I haven't thought of the Freemasons in a long time. Yeah, no. Nah, I mean, our police are all pedos. Um, yeah. Like, er- everyone down here is pretty much... I don't think there's anyone in our government. Oh, there's a couple that obviously are sort of gone to the conspiracy side a little bit, but majority of them, yeah, no. Uh, As a quick follow-up to that, I know that Burns Spy is like personal friends with Morrison, and I think like Negan HQ is also someone who's kind of associated with like people in power in Australia. Like I haven't like been keeping up with those two clowns. Like how do they take it that like their boy – because like Burns Spy got Morrison to say something about satanic ritual abuse in a speech Mm -hmm. at at some point. So how are are those clowns taking uh, Morrison – selling out the Soros. I haven't actually seen anything from those two. Like, I don't know if are they still on social media or anywhere. I haven't actually followed them myself. I think Burn Spies on Gab, but it just it's really funny. It's like you are the closest you are basically Australia's version of like a friend of Trump. You're like kind of like a lesser known Roger Stone pal of like the big guy, and then you turn around and your conspiracy theory is like, Oh yeah, by the way, the big guy sucks. We hate him. He's bad. <laughs> it's just like, no, the big guy was my juice. That's where I was getting my pull from, was him being in, good in your eyes. Now he's bad. 
So, uh, but anyways, back to the double down. Uh, so the, the star of the, the bell of the ball, the star of the show, uh, besides uh, Jim Watkins singing a song because his, his son was running late, was uh, secret guest speaker Juan 07. So uh, give us a little detail. That, into- that, that can't be how that's pronounced. I'm going to make you do another read on that one. Yes, it, it, is it, is- I'm not sure how it's pronounced either. Isn't it Juan 07? It could be, could be one oh seven. I mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the we'll pronunciation. Just give him a nickname. <laughs> yeah, well, let, let's just call him Wanio or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's call him Osaivin or something. I don't know. I'm just. I mean, I, I'm almost 100 percent sure that that the first name is not supposed to be pronounced Juan. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that that name has ever been pronounced Juan by any non-Caucasian person in history. I, so. I, 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 bri- I bricked the first name really hard, and I fully acknowledge and accept that. But <laughs> Juan? I, I don't know how I even said it. I, I, it didn't even sound like that in my own ears. <laughs> God, I'm, I, I'm horrified. But so uh, anyways, explain to us who Osaven is and like, why he was so controversial at the Double Down. Well, you probably know a bit more about him than I do, I think, his background as much. Um, but I, because, and unfortunately for us, the ones that were um, streaming it, um, our streams all cut out, um, which we're quite disappointed at. <laughs> I mean, they literally. It was obviously deep state interference. Yes. It, it literally cut out when he got on the stage. Um, oh. We did not get the stream back. Um, we did manage to, well, I didn't, but a few others managed to get onto um, another stream of it, but um, the picture quality and stuff wasn't that great. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like I don't know, yeah, the deep state definitely did something there and we, we were just like, hang on, wait, the, the main person and the whole stream just, and, and it was actually looking at the Telegram channels and that, people were going, oh, like, because that's what they had built him up so much and then the stream was cut. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you you get into the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl and suddenly the feed cuts out. You're like, no! What's going on? Like, it got really nasty in, in like, um, channels like they were literally going off and saying well I want my money back like it was really nasty over there and the admins were like deleting them and blocking them and yeah you would think at this point they would be like intimately familiar with the feeling of having a bunch of build-up to absolutely no payoff Like that, that that is the ride that they have been riding since the beginning of QAnon. Like it's literally just, oh, don't worry, guys. According to me, Hillary's getting arrested tomorrow. Just you wait. And then tomorrow comes and goes and she's not arrested. And they're just like, yeah, but still. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, and, and now coming to the stage, Wado Savage. And then the feed cuts out. It's just like, well, what happened to our, what happened to Juan? And it's just like, yeah, but still. <laughs> You know, like, they, they did this big build-up where, you know, like they had him, you know, get out of his car, like his car pulled up and, he, you know, he got out oh. of it and he, you know, walked to the stage. And it, that probably lasted like five minutes, just watching him get out of the car and stuff. Um, well, yeah, they gave him like a heavyweight boxer's big introduction to the ring where they're they getting ready to fight Rocky for the world title. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, and then as soon as he hit the stage, it was just like gone. And we're like... <laughs> 
<laughs> that is that is so queuing on to a, to the letter, as L said. That it's just so perfect that they spent all this time building this guy up, hyping him, and also uh, queuing on John, the guy running the Patriot Double Down, spent a lot of time defending this guy because um, uh, oh, say he is this uh, Juan is an incredibly larpy dude. And what I mean by that is he says things that are bullshit, that are obvious bullshit. He is someone who uh, just says anything to get a rise out of people and to get them excited and happy. And he doesn't care about being debunked or disproven because he knows that bullshit sells. He knows that just being confident and braggadocious and saying whatever the fuck it is you want to say, you're going to get an audience that wants to be placated. And people like the group from We The Media that is mostly spearheaded by Jordan Sather, or he's not the leader, but he's the leader of the anti-Juan group. They hate this shit because they just want to pretend that they're all about like facts and evidence. And I got all these reams of data showing that the vaccine's bullshit and it's bad for you and you should drink bleach instead and blah, blah, blah. And when you have a guy that's just an absolute clown like Juan show up uh, for your rally, it it exposes the fact that QAnon is clown town and they hate that. And um, hilariously, I, I think I brought this up to Karma when she when she uh, she posted something about Sather saying, I'm home from the double down. I'm going to give my thoughts on it in a little while. Don't you worry, guys. And I, I messaged Karma and I was like, Karma, did, did Sather even speak? Because he had he was advertised as a speaker on this thing. And then she was like, oh, no, he didn't. He, he, he didn't speak. And that was really funny that um, Sather was so upset by Juan getting the, the big introduction and the, the star appearance and all this kind of stuff that he was like, you know what? I ain't going to go on stage. I ain't going to talk to this crowd. No, man, you guys ruined it. I'm, I'm taking my ball and going home literally. Yep. <laughs> you, left early. You, you can get the Juan or you can get the John, but you can't get both. Yes. <laughs> so like, Feed cutting out, notwithstanding, do do we know what Juan's must listen to message was? Because they um, were advertising his presence as being super important. So what the fuck did he actually say? I know. All I can tell you is some of the things he spoke about. I know he spoke about, obviously, COVID. He spoke about 9-11. He spoke about um, the Oklahoma City bombing. And he spoke about the white hats are erasing debt. Oh, so he he just did it all. He did nine eleven trutherism. He did Gisera, Nisera, because that's what debt yep. erasure is all about. That's yep. that nonsense. That's like the reevaluation of the Iraqi dinar bullshit. Uh, so it's it like that to me. That like literally sounds like a speech that when Juan gave it, I could just see like uh, Sather either off stage listening to it, and, like and like halfway through the speech, he just like storms up to his t- hotel room and begins like angrily throwing his socks into his suitcase and being like, "I'm getting fucking out of here. I can't take this shit. Fucking just Sarah near Sarah bullshit. because." <laughs> Because like that—that that is that level of hopium, that level of just absolute nonsense. Um, um, 
me and L, uh, like eons before QAnon, we lost a friend to this stuff. And like, I, I would say that like three, four years ago, I bumped into them on social media and I, that guy doesn't know who I am or any of that kind of stuff when it comes to the anti-QAnon stuff. But he was like promoting to me, like uh, buying physical silver, even now, like that, that stuff that like get rich quick through precious metals stuff will never die. It will exist in eternity as a conspiracy theory that like the American economy is going to crater any second now and you need to get off the dollar and like get into Bitcoin or gold or anything else. Cause that's just the way you're going to save yourself in the new future. Yeah. So, so King clown of the Patriot double clown. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) So he just went up there. It just did a shotgun blast of, like conspiracy theory retreads you just had no new material huh no it was pretty much that (laughs) well that's about what i mean again like see i who have been riding a different but parallel QAnon ride i am used to the the build-up to nothing you know it's like a roller coaster where it goes up a hill but then it just never goes down a hill it just plateaus and you're just like calmly riding <laughs> level like and it's totally fine so like like th- that is about what i expect they're just like oh you'll never believe what wano Savage has to say and what he has to say is like he's talking about terrorist activity for 25 years ago from 35 years ago you know <laughs> just a bunch of nonsense it amounts to nothing and then he's just like and don't forget jews are bad thank you and then leaves the stage or whatever yeah good stuff <laughs> Yeah, uh, that just like that. I was just imagining in my head that roller coaster where you go up a hill, then you just see this giant crane dragging the roller coasters on a straight line through the rest of the track until it stops. And I don't know why that visual is so appealing to me. But that one of the things that made this so funny about and in the disappointment you just stated is that once, like, quote-unquote serious QAnon uh, found out about Juan being on at the Double Down and getting a major speaking gig, people were really mad at QAnon John about this. And QAnon John's defense was, no, guys, you don't understand. He's got something to say that's so explosive. We had to put him on the show. He's going to, like, just rip the lid off the deep state. And then he just comes up there and is like, 9-11 was an inside job. And the CIA and Pappy Bush killed Kennedy. And bargle bargle and fluoride in the water ain't good for you. And COVID's a lie. Uh, and here are some people running for Secretary of State. And you should vote for them because they're going to kill end American democracy. Juan Hillary out. Clinton and Timothy McVeigh, same person. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like that. I mean, it's just like, it's like, no, Juan actually wasn't important. He didn't actually say anything big. Um, I think it was because they had him back, obviously, the next day. Yep. And um, he introduced, I think it was, it wasn't the director, um, but it was somebody to do with um, the movie, The Operation Underground Railroad. Uh, It it, it was Shubikavizel, our boy. Our beautiful baby yeah. boy, Jim Caviezel. Well, they had the another Jesus. one on before then as well, though. Oh, um, they had one? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know who it was. It wasn't the director of the movie, though. It was somebody to do with the movie. So he uh, introduced them first, and then they played, obviously, um, the trailer for that movie, and then they introduced he introduced Jim, who went on uh, that rant. 
Yeah, and, and Jim Caviezel has decided that he is he's made enough money in Hollywood. He's done with this shit because uh, Caviezel's speech I've heard was uh, like I, I've read I've read a bunch of it. I've seen some of the clips. Did did the clips you saw of Caviezel's speech like truly uh, get to the meat of it, uh, or was there anything that was left on the editing room floor that you saw, Karma? That was uh, something of note from Caviezel because I know he concluded with "Where we go, one we go all," which is not good if you're a sane, rational human being. He well, he did. I know he said um, the the storms upon us. Um, he used that line. Oh, great! Yeah, he said we're heading into the storm. The storm is upon us. Yeah did uh, did he directly bring up Adrenochrome this time? Because I know Stella Emanuel, the uh, the demon sperm doctor lady, she brought up uh, Adrenochrome at some point in the Double Down. So that like thing that QAnon likes to try to keep the normies away from uh, was front and center at their little rally. He, he didn't really bring up that, but he didn't, you know, sort of push the whole the world is controlled by Satan and pedos and yeah so he did push along those lines um but his whole rant was just i don't know i think i zoned out somewhere through it oh oh, he's a terrible public speaker i mean he is i mean it is it, it you that man having a hollywood career is just it's mind-blowing. It's like one of those things where you just like look at this guy and you're just like, how? Because if you've listened to the QAnon Anonymous podcast about him, he is yeah. literally dumber than a brick. He <laughs> cannot remember his lines. He literally has a stagehand either holding cue cards behind the actor he's engaging with to read off those cards, or he has his script put into a note that he holds in his hand and he just glances down at his hand to read his lines during scenes. Mike, 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 don't dismiss Jim Caviezel out of hand because I think that our get-rich-quick scheme should be to write a movie script. Uh, me and you are going to write a screenplay for a movie, uh, like a, a conservative rom-com starring Gina Carano and Jim Caviezel. I, yes, we need to uh, talk to Ben Shapiro about that immediately. That we, we, we can get be- Kevin Sorbo in there in some bit part. Maybe, maybe maybe rope in a little Roseanne action. Let's let's get it done. Roseanne and Roseanne and Christie Alley can be bridesmaids at the wedding. Uh, I, I I I see this. I I can I can workshop this. This is a possibility. This is how we are going to sell out brutally hard and brutally fast. Uh, unless, of course, we can get our boy Ron Watkins on the podcast. Uh, so Karma posted. You need to shoot that shot for real. Yeah, yes. Yes. Uh, you should. <laughs> yes. So again, Ron Watkins, standing invitation to join the podcast. I will post that on the Hell World social media, on the Hell World Twitter feed, on my own personal feed. I will make this clear. Ronnie Boy, if you ever want to show up on a QAnon branded podcast, we're the one. We're the one for you, boy. We're, yeah, we'll we, take we've, your- got, we've got Q in our podcast name and everything. Uh, c- come up on here and just, you know, just you you want a platform we'll give you one it might not be the platform you were expected but boy howdy we'll give it to you <laughs> yes we will yesterday give you the platform uh i, I promise mean, not to explicitly just address you as q the entire time you yeah. you, you have you have l's guarantee that i will not just call you q yeah uh, and I, will, I won't even bring up your dumb wagyu cowboy beef hat 
Like, I'll, I'll play nice until you're gone, and then I'll fucking dunk on you a bunch. Uh, but the, 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 the Ray Ayanami's doll will be brought up during the conversation. That, that I mean, is he has to answer for that. I, I've, I've, I've mentioned, I've even said on the podcast that if he is to run for public office, he has some things to answer for, and that's one of them. So yes. if, if he wants if he wants Q podcast to go out to to spread his message ahead of his campaign run, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to answer for his weird Japanese sex doll. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Ron, again, uh, his speech at the Double Down was, uh, again, devoid of charisma, totally uh, just the standard train wreck that is Ron Watkins. Uh, his dad having to sing a song with the crowd before he showed up was aggressively cringeworthy and kind of terrifying. Um. I mean, it's really funny how, in a way, like you have um, QAnon is still relevant. The, the, the I think the, the scariest thing is that QAnon's using that people are using QAnon for votes. That you have these people running for Secretary of State in an incredibly dangerous and negative way, but when you actually look at the like the quote unquote QAnon promoters like Juan and Ron and all of these other just and in the matrix and all these other clowns that are just doing this stuff, their shtick is so played out. You've heard them go through the same riffs over and over again. And that's kind of the problem with the movement is that you're you're stuck. You're just you're just a car stuck in the mud. And no matter how much you push, there's there's nothing new to really talk about because you're, you're no one's there's no elections for another year. Uh, Trump like shows up once every two months to do a rally and get people all worked up. But there's there's no forward momentum for the movement and there won't be until like somebody wins something and it's going to be hard for them to do that when you have uh, a, like Lynn Wood and Donald Trump himself and other QAnon promoters telling their audience, stop voting. Voting is rigged. It's bullshit. Don't attend. Don't give them your time by wasting it. It's like going to the polling place on election day. Spend that time with your family. Go to church. Get closer to God or whatever. And there are a bunch of QAnon promoters who are like, hey, guys, don't listen to the non-voting people. Listen to us and totally vote because this time it's going to work. And I just wonder if like they lose a few more elections, like how how long can the the people that are begging them to keep voting, even though it's totally rigged, how long do they actually have a voice before people just give up and agree with Lynn Wood that voting's for suckers? I mean, hopefully it happens immediately because the, the, the best possible thing I could imagine for politics in our country is conservatives not voting. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So I agree. I'm 100% team... uh, Team voting is rigged. Don't even bother conservatives. Why, why, why bother throwing your vote away? Just stay at home. So easy. It's so easy to stay at home. Just watch football or something. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to jump over the uh, few of our headlines just because this headline is so hilarious from L. And it's uh, Vaccina Matata for the kids. Uh, it's Vacuna Matata. So, you know, what, what, I'm, what I'm learning on the podcast today is you just don't know how to pronounce Spanish words. I don't. You've, your, your Caucasian tongue cannot parse these these sweet sweet Spanish words. Vacuna <laughs> is Spanish for vaccine. Aha! I did not. And it rhymes that. with Hakuna. <laughs> yes. So I'm assuming you got the reference, but you still somehow failed on the execution because yep. your your tongue just can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not good. Uh, but um, the FDA has basically said that all signs are pointing to the fact that um, early next week, there's just going to be the full vote on authorizing uh, shots for uh, children from 5 to 11 in America to receive uh, quote-unquote kid-sized uh, doses of uh, the Pfizer vaccine. And... Um, this, of course, is one of these red lines that QAnon gets incredibly upset about for about a month, and then they're going to forget about it because back when we were all getting, back when us adults were all getting the vaccines, uh, that was supposed to kill all of us. We were all supposed to die. The world was going to end, and then it happened, and QAnon just kept on trucking. But now, quote unquote, Bill Gates is coming for your kids, and so. Uh, I saw uh, Torbs, my boy from Gab, and I see a bunch of other QAnon promoters that are literally like, they're coming for our kids. This is this was what cannot be allowed to stand. And they're just inciting people to violence. And it's really scary that like this is like something that could happen in the next few months, that children could be... Um, Schools could do inoculations or vaccines could be like in places away from the parent or like you're going to have ugly uh, situations where one parent is pilled and the other parent is uh, sane and they're going to fight over the kid getting vaccinated or not. And this like this kind of rhetoric about the fact that the vaccine is going to kill your kid. I mean, that's how you get people to lash out with violence when you when you claim that their children are being threatened. And these people are openly provoking that. And it's really, it's really dark. Yeah. But I mean, you know, the, but the, the, the fact is all these kids are going to get the vaccine and they're not, and they're all not going to die. So, uh, as, as long as all of these like real heroes can just keep their fucking weapons bolstered, then no harm, no foul. But like, again, like we, we, we can't do anything about these people wanting to incite violence. So we just have to hope, I hope it gets hope that they don't decide to go crazy and do violent actions, or if they like can't help themselves, that uh, the repercussions for the violent actions that they perpetrate are swift and potent enough to stop any further violence. Like the the the, the big nothing burger of all the, the you know the January sixth uh, indictments or whatever. You know, it's n- not not strong enough. The next time these Q people get antsy in their pantsy and overstep, we need to make sure that they uh, that they know that that's not acceptable and that they should never overstep again in their whole fucking lives. 
Yes, uh, it's it, yeah, it's it's frustrating watching how the one six uh, proceedings are moving along because like so much of what happened, I, I, it's like the big fish aren't being called into account. And I know that Rolling Stone article came out where one uh, of the ringleaders of the ground troops was like saying, "Oh, I hung out with Mo Brooks and our Cawthorn." and Marjorie Taylor Greene's staff. And, like, Mo Brooks came out and was just like, hey, I didn't call for insurrection. My staff might have talked to that guy about doing a little insurrection, but not me. Uh, that was uh, particularly spicy that, like, he decided to throw uh, his uh, the people working for him under the bus as potentially being seditious. But on the whole, it doesn't feel like enough ringleaders are feeling the sting of this shit and the whole Bannon being held in contempt uh, thing. Let's, uh, I don't know, let's let's move that along with a little more speed. Uh, can, we, can we start actually holding some people's feet to the fire for any of this shit? Because they're just going to do it again. If they're going to be, if anything, emboldened by the timidity of the response to this stuff, and that is not great. Yeah, and again, you know, the the only thing, like, the if, if sanity and reason worked on these people, we wouldn't be in this position to begin with. So all we have to hope is that fear prevents them, like, like the fear of prison, the fear of being shot, the fear of whatever prevents these people from actually trying insurrection or whatever again. Uh, but, you know, if they if they decide to mark the anniversary of 1-6-2021 with a little 1-6-2022 action, hopefully this time around, it goes much worse for them. And, uh, you know, that is really the, the best possible outcome short of some magic genie wish, just allowing us to create sanity and reason in the minds of these people. <laughs> the fact that they're just immune, they're, the fact that they're just immune to facts really makes it hard to reason with them. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't appeal to any, you can't appeal to anything with facts. You can't just be like, Hey, like, no one you guys like to call the 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 vaccine like like you know the clot shot it's just like i haven't heard of a blood clot from anyone getting the vaccine in like months and months and months i think it only happened to like five people or whatever like six months ago but they don't care it happened to one person one time the whole vaccine is shit fuck it and fuck you for wanting it and it's just like okay well if data is not going to do the trick like what the fuck else could we possibly do to appeal to these people besides fear Yeah, it's really funny that we have like the situation where they're complaining about like, oh, all these people are having heart conditions from the shot and like and this thing is happening to them and this symptom is happening to them and they're in this fatigue and all this stuff when they never talk about any of the symptoms of, of a bad case of COVID of like having your lungs suck for forever or be, or having long COVID or the fact that those heart conditions also occur when you get COVID like to them, the only possible things that can happen with COVID is either you survive it or you die. But when it comes to the vaccine, if you have a fever for a couple of days after the vaccine. That was a devastating adverse reaction, and the vaccine is unsafe, and no one should ever take it because you 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 were at 102 degrees and had to lay in bed and eat, and eat chicken soup for a couple of days. That means the vaccine's unsafe. But when it comes to COVID, if you were on a ventilator for a month and you barely pulled through, it's nothing. It was the sniffles, it's common cold, fucking. Yeah. That's it. And any data points that they do come up with are always from like 
med123.co.ru or whatever. And so it's just like, here's my, here's my evidence from John Hopkins saying that the vaccine is safe. And they're just like, yeah, well, here's my evidence from 123medicine.biz saying that it's dangerous. I'm just like, okay, well, of the two, I don't know, which one of these two websites would you like to be giving your credit card information to? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, we have managed to uh, get through an hour of delicious headlines. Maybe time to open up the mailbag and see what our listeners have to say to us. Our listeners got questions. We got answers. It's time for Q&A. So uh, Narc opens up by saying, has any one of the Q grifters that said General Flynn was part of the Q team addressed the lawsuit by his brother where they immediately said that we're not QAnon supporters and we are very insulted by being called QAnon supporters? And uh, has Michael Flynn talked about the lawsuit against CNN for $75 million that his family filed? Uh, To the latter question, no. I don't think Flynn's ever brought it up. But uh, as for the family... Uh, that that case uh, recently got thrown out and the judge literally said that all the shit you people do is literally what QAnon followers do. So it was entirely appropriate to call you people QAnon supporters. The fact that the Flynn family took the digital oath uh, right after Q ordered people to take the digital oath, uh, kind of a tip off that that's what they were doing. And... Um, it's like it's, it's it's it was super ridiculous that they even attempted that thing. Like, how dare you call us QAnon supporters? Uh, hashtag where we go, one we go all. I mean, it was just a very silly. Um, I don't, I don't even know why they were doing it, other than the fact that like it allowed them to grift QAnon by saying we're suing the fake news media for printing lies. And what's the lie? Uh, we're not going to tell you what the lie was, but they lied about us. And uh, yeah, where we go, one we go. All. I'm glad that we have karma on the show for our Q&A session this week because uh, it means that there's a, an outside chance that there's somebody besides Mike that could answer questions like these. Because I, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I've never heard any of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Karma, what, what have you heard about the lawsuit? I haven't. Well, I haven't seen it mentioned anywhere. Not yeah. in the channels with anyone. I don't see anyone talking about it over there. Um, the influences or anything like that. It's like it's just gone, you know. Anything negative towards the movement, you know, that they just don't want to bring up just doesn't get talked about. Oh, and it's a terrible look for them, both because the lawsuit was obviously going to get laughed out of court, and it did, and also that the Flynn family would try to, quote-unquote, keep QAnon at an arm's length away from them was super bizarre and super embarrassing. So he trademarked, what did he do? Was it Digital Soldiers? Oh, did did he try to trademark Digital Soldier? Oh, my God. He did. Oh, my God. That's so awesome. He looked it up last, uh, when was it? At the start of the year. He he trademarked a certain word. I'm sure it was Digital Soldiers. I could be wrong, but he definitely trademarked one of the slogans. Oh my god, that is so brilliant. What a unbelievably shitty human being Michael Flynn is. Um yeah, I'm looking at an intercept article right now about uh Michael Flynn profiting from uh QAnon, which is yep, 
but his move to trademark the term digital soldiers. Yep, he absolutely did that. Oh, my God. That is so brazen. What a grifting piece of shit. <laughs> and then, you know, to turn around and say he's not involved in it, but, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That That is that is absolute clown shit. That's so so the, the, the fact that he – do we know – did the trademark go through? Is it possible to trademark such a thing? Because if so, Mike, I have a great idea. And I'm pretty if you're sure one of the did. We if, did if you're one of the QAnon listeners that that might be hate listening to us, I need you to tune out for a second because this idea is so good that I don't want you to steal it from us. Mike, yeah. is it possible for us to trademark the term friends? <laughs> the, the, Q, the QAnon gibberish version of the word friends? <laughs> yeah, F-R-E-N-S. Can we trademark that? Oh, God. That isn't right. <laughs> Oh, God, that would be so good. Oh, uh, the main thing you need for like something like that is to prove that you're using it in a business sense. So like if you start just started printing up shirts with like Pepe and say and with the word like friends under it. Oh, God, you could. Well, somebody I think already owns Pepe, but if nobody owns friends yet, maybe our first wave of Adventures in Hellworld merchandise should be the grifting friends merchandise like maybe we could just put like a couch or whatever do like a riff on friends the tv show yes and then once we once we can prove that we're using it in a business sense we trademark it then anytime any of these goobers post a meme to gab or telegram or whatever and it gets up to the top we we, we could just sick our lawyers after them friends is ours <laughs> i'm looking at uh i'm looking at the word digital in q drops and a lot of times he's talking about the digital battlefield and uh, digital warriors. I don't know that. Uh, di- yep. uh, Q drop uh, forty six thirty seven does use the term digital digital soldiers. So it's uh, it's it's in the Q lore. So it's really hilarious that Michael Michael Flynn, who doesn't know QAnon at all, is actually using a term directly quoted from uh, from Q himself. I'm pretty so that- sure. Yeah, he did it after he did the whole pledge thing. I'm pretty because we looked it up. We went looking for it. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. What, what, an, what an awesome thing to know about. Uh, so thank you for the question, Nark. Uh, Bobby, who runs Bartertown Ellis, asks, uh, who has more charisma, Ron Watkins or a literal piece of soggy white bread? I'm betting on the bread. If it's bunny bread, that rabbit has spunk. Um, I know less about bunny bread than I do Ron Watkins, but since Ron Watkins has actual negative charisma, I would give it to the piece of bread. No way, man. Ron Watkins is an absolute unit, and his charisma does uh, stuff to my bathing suit area. <laughs> that, that 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 is the that is the clip we're going to like cut out of the podcast and like post it to our to our account in our attempt to lure Ron onto the podcast. That, that's gonna, going to be the bait to hook yeah. our fish. <laughs> yes, that's gonna, that's gonna that's gonna be us like saluting uh, Chad Alpha Ron Watkins. Uh, being like, hey, Ron, you're you're the you're the stud of all studs. We don't know why you needed to go to the soap house uh, when you're obviously just fighting the ladies off with a stick. But uh, yeah, come on, draw the pod. I have seen the ladies telling him how hot he is. <laughs> oh dear! God. And they were actually one was trying to actually set him up with a, her own child. That's even. Better. Oh yeah, I saw I saw that like <laughs> uh, that message where oh my god, that was. Oh boy, the arranged marriage that your mom tries to make with you and Ron Watkins. That is. Why the hate your child? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, my Lord. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, so 
this is gonna this is gonna be a journey. Uh, but just stick with me because there is a point at the end. Back in my early twenties, uh, while while cruising around the internet, I unfortunately and this was not something I was trying to see, but I did see it. I saw a video somebody posted of a woman having relations with a dog. And like I said, stick with me. Uh, and at the time it bummed me out because I was just like, man, there are dogs in the world. They're getting more human action than I am as a human man in my early, like in my early prime. Uh, and hearing people say that Ron Watkins is attractive to women makes me believe that Ron Watkins is the new sex with a dog. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe maybe that clip is the one we should try to hook up with. <laughs> I think it, I think Ron would take that as an upgrade. Oh my god, uh, <laughs> that, that's going to be the next the next the next big clip for Ron Watkins' credibility. Ron yeah. Watkins is the new sex with a dog. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, thank you for the question. Uh, Snorlax CPAP asks, uh, "How screwed are we once the Boston Dynamic robots learn about Q? Will they usher in the ten days of darkness?" And then he has a gif of a Boston Dynamics robot doing a dance. Um, Boston Dynamics robots are terrifying. Uh, and I think that anything that could possibly spur them to ending life, all life on Earth is bad. Uh, but I mean, every- all, all the Boston Dynamic robots really do is like be kind of mobile. They, yeah. they, they have like all the mobility of a drunk human. So I don't really feel like, I mean, even if somebody went in there like, you know, even if somebody did some 90s style hack the planet action and programmed all Boston Dynamic robots to love Q, like what what are they going to do? Like balance on a crate, <laughs> like do do a little dance or like, you know, they, they don't do anything. They're, they're certainly impressive, but all they are just like slightly more mobile robots. So I'm not worried about Boston Dynamic robots. T- talk to me like 20 or 30 years of the future when they have like AI programs running them or something. Yeah. I, I think the scariest thing I've seen is like the uh, Boston Dynamics where the, the dog has a gun attached to its back. And uh, I think that the, the, that's I think that's in France or somewhere where they're starting to do that, where they're trying, trying to weaponize the robots, which is obviously like where this was always going to go. But the the, the dog is still not, uh, it's not it, we're, we're not quite at the T-800 yet. When we get there, then then shit's going to go bad. It also is a is a dumb robot dog with a gun mounted on its back any more scary than an than just a predator drone? Like no, <laughs> I mean sure. Like in a perfect world, it will make precision killing of targets better and easier. So that way, like our dumb predator drones will have to just like level an entire building to kill one target. But for the time being, it's just like oh yeah, it's a robot with a gun on its back. Like I'm much more afraid of the ones that can fly. Personally, like I don't know. Yeah. Just like, oh, it's a sweet, adorable little robot dog. Like, maybe if they start trying to make them look like regular dogs, like if they just put, like, skin on it and fur, and it just, like, trots <laughs> up to you. And you're just like, oh, what a sweet little pup. And then, like, a, like it just unloads a round into you. Then then it might be time to get afraid. But until then, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not worried yeah. about Boston Dynamics robots. Yeah, They're too goofy to be intimidating. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Karma, have you dealt with Boston Dynamics robots at all? No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, take that, Boston Dynamics robots! You haven't made it to the uh, locked-down uh, Soros-controlled island of Australia, so they don't care about you. Um, Existential dread locked down. Uh, Hi, dread says, "Are you seeing more of a merging with the IM movement in QAnon recently? We have Michael Flynn in the ni- in the negative forty-eight movement that seemed to be indicating emerging. Uh, what is your take on that?" 
Uh, I haven't seen a lot of the IM stuff. I know that Flynn had that incident where he read something and got himself into some hot water of the rest of the people because they were like, hey, you're reading cult shit. Stop that. But um, I'd say, like, the main promoters of QAnon that I've seen uh, haven't done much of... uh, much in the way of like fomenting any uh, mergery of uh, I am to the movement. It's like uh, when a few years ago uh, in the matrix and spooky groove uh, went to uh, Rantha and talked to that, uh, that, that crazy lady who claims to be channeling the spirit of a 3000 year old warrior or whatever that nonsense was. I mean, QAnon really doesn't, uh, isn't picky with uh, who they associate with, but I don't think that IM has uh, the kind of um, sticking power or um, gravitas necessary to actually steer the ship of QAnon uh, towards its own uh, agenda. I think uh, I need to step in here as avatar of our audience and be like, hey, Mike Rains, what the fuck are you talking about? What the hell is I am? Uh, I am is a scam movement that was founded by a guy named Gal- Guy Ballard in the 1930s, and it's this um, it's it, it's your standard kind of like hokum where you become what is called an ascendant master, and then you, and and those people are of like of history's greatest leaders like Christ. And all, and basically, all the people that moved, moved and shook, and uh, made up the world. It's it's kind of like a really weak, pathetic version of Mormonism, where Joseph Smith was like, "Hey, I'm kind of like Jesus," and people were like, "Oh, sounds good to us." This guy was basically trying to get on that same kind of tip, where he was like, "Hey, I'm super important, and you should join my cult because I'm the man." It was basically kind of like a 1930s version of like the Branch Davidians or any other small sect of people that got a bit of uh, traction around them. So uh, I had to like look up what I am was and I was kind of like, like, what is this about? So I don't think it really had a lot. I don't think it has a lot of um a lot of cachet in today's world as it were. And I think what happened with Michael Flynn and those people are like the people in that movement trying to make inroads in QAnon because they think that this could be their ticket because QAnon's big and popular. And if we can get in on that, maybe we can lure people into our little neck of the woods, but I don't think that it's really that likely because QAnon is so much more based upon uh, hardcore Christianity for their religion and being upset about current events for their day-to-day lives. So I really don't think uh, trying to figure out uh, reincarnation and all of that kind of stuff, I'm not thinking that's going to fly. I mean, like that's way more new agey. And I mean, there's... QAnon promoters that are hardcore Christian hate the the people that got into QAnon through anti-vax and holistic healing and chakras and opening up your third eye. Like that's like a that's like a factional like like territory rift in the movement. So I'm not thinking that the IM people are going to make a lot of headway. Well, good stuff. I mean, I I've never heard of that thing once before in my entire fucking life. So I'm glad I asked that question cuz it's all gibberish to me. Yeah. Have you heard of IM karma? 
Yeah, I have. Yeah. Have you seen anything about QAnon with them? No, nothing. <laughs> All right, yeah. so here's a fun question and for you I'll guys. Simplify it. No. <laughs> yeah. It, who, it, you, you get to choose, or you not so much choose as feel deep in your soul, but you are a reincarnation of somebody from the past with juice. Who are you, Mike? <laughs> uh, someone reincarnated from the past, and I got juice. Uh, hey, I mean. I think uh, I think I'll, I think I'll just stay on brand here and just go with JFK because that that would be like that would be the ultimate thing to like razzle dazzle QAnon people with and being like I'm the actual reincarnation of your hero that was like the avatar of Trump and I'm not going to tell you if my son is actually alive in his present body or if he's reincarnated and I know who the reincarnation of JFK Jr. is because that would be like spooky and wild. How about you, Karma? You get to you get to be the reincarnation of somebody. Who's your pick? You you just want it to be the end for you. You just you just want the you just want yeah. She just wants Oblivion's cold embrace. I mean, My have, mom- I mean, have a look at the world we're living in right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I will sort of look at it and go, yeah, nah. My mom always wanted to be reincarnated as a cat because they sleep a lot, and my mom really enjoys sleeping. So that's that's her that's her bag. My answer is also kind of a cheat. I'm not I'm not reincarnated as anybody, baby, because in my lifetime I'm going to be fucking important enough where other people of the future are going to want to be reincarnated as me. <laughs> I'm just waiting to blossom. Right now I'm just a cocoon, and at some point I'm going to blossom into an incredible butterfly person. And then in the future people are going to be like, you know what? I'm channeling my I am powers, and I'm going to be the mysterious L. <laughs> Damn right. Uh, so uh, thank you for the question, Treads. Uh, FF sake with a couple strawberries in his emoji says, uh, "When will Australia be invaded by the U.S.? I would like to know before I book my uh, my Christmas holidays." Cheers. Uh, glasses clanging emoji. So, uh, Karma, are you thrilled that Candace Owens is going to send the U.S. military to liberate you from your oppression? Look, we're happy if she comes down because I'm pretty sure she, you know, we could throw her around with some kangaroos and see how she goes. <laughs> that sounds awesome to me. Kangaroos are fucking terrifying. Yeah, they'll beat the shit out of her. Uh- I, uh, I, have you seen the video of the two, the two kangaroos having a fight and one of them actually chokes the other kangaroo out? Like, you would not think that their arms were capable of doing it, but he, but the kangaroo actually basically secured a rear naked choke on the other kangaroo and just put him to sleep. And then he, he left and the other kangaroo woke up. I was like, I thought that shit was going to be to the death, but apparently he just wanted to assert his dominance over the other kangaroo and he just choked him out. It was so wild. They're pretty nasty when they want. Oh, I bet. I, I mean, everything in Australia is designed to kill humans. I mean, it is the most terrifying. You know what? I And I keep saying this. It's a conspiracy. It's just oh, nothing. It's it's not true. Australia has very very lovely flora and fauna. Koala bears will koala bears will not fall out of a tree and tear my face off. Hang on, wait, wait, wait. All these stories, you like, you know, everyone always says to me, oh, you've got these spiders and you've got these and you Yeah, but how many times do you hear about people actually dying from these things in Australia? I'm convinced that if I ever went to Australia and saw an Australian spider, my body would kill itself. <laughs> I, would, I, 
I would just die of an actual heart attack. Like, I don't think the spider would do anything to me. I would just wake up. It would be on the wall. And that would be the if, that would be it for me. Suddenly, I would just be hovering above my body. And I'd just be like, oh, I guess I'm dead now. And then even my spirit would be terrified of the spider. <laughs> but your spirit would be like, I know I'm incorporeal and you can't touch me. But you're terrifying. You're absolutely scary. If I get pulled into hell right now, it would be a relief to know that I was actually uh, being tormented by Lucifer rather than being in this room with this giant. Australian spider. But seriously, you must have spiders there. Yeah, but they're not big. Our spiders yeah, are they're, they're not like dinner plate sized or whatever. Like and, and spiders are not dinner plate sized. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, in like I, I was almost killed by a, a spider bite from a very small spider at some point, which does inform my decision to die of heart attack when confronted by a large spider. Yes. <laughs> but it's usually the large ones, like our larger ones are usually the harmless ones it is usually the smaller ones that will do something to you yeah oh yeah but i mean it, it, it's completely irrational it, it's like being afraid of a moth which i'm also afraid like you know sometimes i'll just be walking around outside and like a moth will fly into my face and, I, and i'm just terrified of it because it's just it, it's small and it's moving around me so fast and i don't know what to do you know my, <laughs> my mother had a phobia of moths she used to jump out of cars while why they were moving yeah, I'm just a very soft boy. I'm a very soft boy, and Australia would, like, it's a lovely country, and it's, I'm sure it's filled with lovely people, but I, I would just be too scared to appreciate it. You know what? I'd be scared more of some of the people than him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely true. I, and, and I mean, I, th- like, all of this stuff I'm talking about is, like, coming from a person who lives in America, and when tourists come to America, they have to worry about Americans. Like, like, like <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid of going to Australia because I don't want to, like, encounter a spider or a big snake or whatever. And then like people have to come to do tourism in America and they have to worry about the fact that any given person around them could have a gun that will kill them. Like, yeah. It's just so crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I uh, thank you for the question. Uh, Reverend Xenofact says America, uh, American has a long and uh, par- a parody conspiracy theorist uh, history from joking about street corner ranchers on TV to the church of the subgenius. So how did we end up with so many people believing in something as, as ridiculous and dangerous as Q? Uh, I think that a lot of this is just comes from the fact that uh, conspiracy theories in America, while like the the crazy crank gets ridiculed, a lot of our conspiracy theories have been normalized to an alarming degree. Um, like anytime they, they do polling on the assassination of JFK, like a majority of Americans think that it was a conspiracy. Um, I think that. Uh, even though like 9-11 truthers are derided, there are people out there that will totally be like, hey, the government didn't tell us everything about what happened on 9-11, or that they'll have a softer conspiracy like Bush allowed bin Laden to hit us so he could get his wars, which is a reskin of FDR let the Japanese hit Pearl Harbor so that he could get us into World War II. So there's always been this undercurrent of, quote unquote, the government is lying to us. And... Once you uh, have that in existence, um, uh, latching on to Donald Trump as the political outsider who somehow won the presidency and that he will be the truth bringer that will bring down our corrupt government, it it, I mean, that level of thinking isn't that kind of crazy far-fetched for like your your typical disenfranchised American. And then you have COVID lockdowns and restrictions on your life. And the next thing you know, you're looking for any answer to that shit. And Q gives it to you. 
Sorry, I was getting caught up on my news of the world on my phone and I had my microphone muted. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the short answer is just that uh, Americans are stupid. <laughs> They're just willing to buy into a bunch of horseshit. Like, I wish that there was a, if there was a clear cut reason as to why Americans like were so prone to this conspiracy stuff. And I know it's not just an American problem, but like a lot of these conspiracy theories that you see spreading to the rest of the world are like getting like they have their origins here. Like if we knew why it was a problem, then hopefully we could fix it. Right. But there's no there's no clear cut reason to it, aside from just the fact that like people would rather believe something interesting and fantastical than the banal reality of life. Like, did JFK just get shot by a single disgruntled person that wanted to murder the president? Or was it a CIA cover-up conspiracy perpetrated by aliens and the Rothschilds? Like, if life was a movie, I know which movie I'd rather be watching. But, you know, the, the reality is that life is not a movie. And you, you, it's it's Occam's razor. Like the simple solution is usually the correct solution, but nobody wants the simple solution because it's bo- it's so boring. Snooze. Oh man, like bummer. Donald Trump lost the election because the other guy just got more votes. Snooze. Boring. No government deep state conspiracy. Trump won. Trump forever. Like that's just the simple fact of it. Right. And there's no, and no fighting against that. Like there's no way to make the truth punchier. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, you mentioned this uh, either on a cabaling episode or one other thing we did, where one of the things about the JFK assassination that makes it like so jarring is that literally the barrier to entry to kill the president back then was to own a gun, and that makes that story so boring because nowadays to attempt to assassinate the president would require such an incredible amount of effort and work and and finances and resources. When back then it was just some dipshit literally at his job was able to poke a gun out of a window and take a couple cracks at him. I mean, that's just, that's so alien to the world that we live in nowadays where the president's driving in an armored limo called the beast that has six pints of his own blood chilled, waiting to transfuse to him. Should anything happen? Yeah. I mean, like people, like conspiracy theorists just need to try to find the exciting parts of reality versus trying to make reality more interesting by lying to themselves about what's going on. That would be interesting. Yeah. Like, like you know, when, uh, you know, they should, they should just get fired up when a new species is discovered instead of like getting fired up when somebody loses an election clean. That would uh, be great. Yes. That'd be awesome. Uh, Chris Stevens has a quick question for me, which is James Woods has been at the world series of poker for a few weeks and posting about it on Twitter, which means he is vaccinated because you can't get into the world series without a vaccination. What does the deep state think of him getting vaccinated? Fuck him. We don't want him. So <laughs> James and, uh, someone actually DM'd me to tell me that, that they were at a table with James Woods and he played Jack five offsuit hyper aggressively and lost a big pot. So take that James Woods, you suck at poker and life. Jopka, Jopka, Jopka. Donkeys always draw. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, that, sp- speaking of poker and cards and stuff, I, I, I didn't make this joke because we were too busy just talking about the facts of it. But uh, here's this. This one's right for you, Mike, buddy. Uh, I'm surprised that the Patriot Double Down was named after a blackjack reference because QAnon people should hate the fact that you should always split eights. <laughs> yes. Waka waka. <laughs> Yeah, and the other, the other thing that's so funny is that someone pointed this out, that the QAnon double down, that's the slogan, but 
their desperate attempt to uh, put all sorts of QAnon iconography. Oh, into... we talking about the, the Queen and the Seven? Yes, the Queen and the Seven. You don't double down on 17. Yeah, who doubles <laughs> down on 17? Have any of you ever played fucking blackjack? You idiots. Right. It's so dumb. I mean, it, it, it's like, I, I, it's just, man, you're so desperate for anything. Uh, I mean, if you, you could, the only thing I could possibly think of off the top of my head would be like a Baccarat where a one and a seven is an eight, which is the second best possible hand to get, which isn't that great. Cause you always want to have the nuts when you're making a hand like that. But 17 in blackjack sucks. It's like, yeah. it, it, and also it, like it, it, they they couldn't use baccarat because the only person in the world who knows how to play baccarat is James Bond. Right, exactly. Like, like I, I, I've like I've had the game explained to me, and I still don't know how to fucking play baccarat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Your two your two cards have to equal nine or nineteen. That's basically. Ba, ba, no ba, ba, I'm not I'm not trying to get educated here. Right, exactly. So that's uh, not what this podcast is for. Nope, not at all. The podcast uh, so, is to educate our listeners, not me. Damn right. So Amanda Scatlin asks, uh, did anyone talk about saving the children at the, at the QAnon John conference or was it all about themselves? So how much kid talk did we get, uh, Karma? We got a fair bit. There was, um, so there, obviously, I don't know if you saw the postings of the, um, well, we'll call them movie clips. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the yeah the clips in between speakers. Oh yeah, that oh stuff. God. That that was pretty full on. I mean, that had everything in it. Yeah. Um, we also had. Um, now I don't know what this guy's name was, but it was pretty full on. He came on and he definitely needed help. Um, he had you know, told this whole story of that he was sex trafficked as a child and he went into full detail and he couldn't trust anybody because everyone was deep state and, you know, and sort of it was really, really, I I, I tuned out. I didn't even post anything about it. Um, that's how detailed that one was. It was like super dark and super creepy. Yeah. And he definitely like really needs to seek help. <laughs> um, like, and when I say that, I mean, obviously, if that's what's happened to him, you know, he's yeah, falling he, into this whole movement and rather than, you know, actually going and getting help, he believes everybody is against him and right. trying to get him. Um, so, but, and then, as I said, like, um, later on, they had um, the video clip of the um, movie for the underground Operation. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the Jim Caviezel movie that's going to be, like, it, 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 I don't know if they're going to actually do Adrenochrome in the Jim Caviezel movie, but it seems very possible. Like, that seems like that movie is going to be, like, scary and detached from reality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that pretty much, I mean, it was mentioned a few times by other people as well, but. Yeah. yeah, I think demons, demon semen lady brought up the them them draining the children, the blood out of the children. So I think, yeah, they they did. Like that's their that that's their campfire story. That's how they get each other all riled up and scared and excited. So they got to talk about the kids being exsanguinated by the monsters. Yeah. So uh, that wraps up our questions for the week, as it were. So our question to numerous is: Is what are you looking forward to? 
Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and start. I'm looking forward to uh, to Halloween Sunday, not because I give even one half of a poop about Halloween, but because uh, my friends and I are just going to hunker down inside playing board games all day. So it's going to be a nice, wholesome time with my pals. <laughs> that sounds good. What are you looking forward to, Karma? Uh, the end of the working year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't ha- we don't really celebrate ha- Halloween here or anything. Um, so, yeah, that would be my next thing. I need a break. <laughs> You've been working your ass off. It's not good. It's been obviously a lot tougher because it's been online all year, being in lockdown and stuff like that. So I usually take classes, you know, face-to-face, not. Yeah. yeah. So, so that'll be nice. Yeah. Uh, I am looking forward to watching Inside Job. Karma has talked about uh, looking into it a little bit, and it seems like the kind of show that – at the very least would be something that I would get all the Easter eggs of and understand what they were talking about. So I'm going to give that a whirl this week and have like a, probably a short review for it next week. Good. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think that covers everything. So I'm going to hand the reins over to L here. Ah, and I'm going to grab the reins and then we are going to go yeah and get this here wagon rolling out of this here hell world. Thank you everybody for listening and supporting the show. Uh, and a big special thank you to Karma for joining us and filling in for Sarge in Sarge's absence. Uh, Karma, where can the good listeners find you on the internet if they would like to engage with you further about QAnon or other stuff? Um, well, I've only got my Twitter account, so... Um, 2020, 2021 underscore karma on Twitter. There we go. So head over, head on over. Uh, Karma's been a, a fan of the, or a friend of the show for a while. And, uh, yeah, they do good work. So, uh, 2021 underscore karma on Twitter is where you can find them. As for, uh, the rest of the shilling portion of our show that we know that you love so much, this is the part where I tell you that if you'd like to continue to support us, you can do so for free by telling a friend, giving us a five-star review or whatever, on whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to us on. Uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash pokerpolitics and support us financially by giving us some of your hard-earned money, if you would like to. Uh, anybody who gives us $5 or more a month gets access to a slate of bonus content that we uh, produce and upload, including Kabbalin and The Foulest Deed and uh, other more uh, current topics to be discussed in the future and more series to come uh we do have a new beautifuler baby for this week that we would like to welcome into the fold thank you so much stefan for your uh help in continuing the show if you have money and you don't want to give it to us you can do a little good with it by donating it to love146.org they are an organization whose vision is the end of child trafficking and exploitation and that is in their own words sounds pretty good to me As always, I'd like to thank DJ Minimal Effort for providing our intro theme, even though he is still too cool for social media. Frosty, our voiceover friend, who has provided the voice of Q when necessary, but also provides all of our bumps and drops and such, uh, can be found over on Twitter, at FrostyVO, if you'd like to go hit him up and tell him that you like what he's doing. And even though Sarge isn't here to help me shill it, I'm happy to tell you that he and I still do our weekly podcast for pop media called Binge Wordy. And you can find that uh, over on Twitter at Binge Wordy, B-I-N-G-E-W-O-R-D-Y, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
uh, we are wrapping up Spooktober, and the penultimate episode for the month is uh, on A Nightmare on Elm Street, so you can come see what Sarge and I have to say about one Friedrich Kruger. So, for another successful episode of the Adventures in Hell World podcast, I am Hell World L, signing off, as always, and in perpetuity for our wonderful uh, uh, expert in all things QAnon and madness, Mr. Mike Rains, and our special, very special guest host, Karma. Good speed, patriots! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.